Greetings wherever you are and whenever you are listening to this. I'm Alan J. Santos. I coach people on purpose, passion, and the pursuit of excellence. Welcome to the Touching Greatness podcast, conversations that explore human potential and the mysteries of life, one question at a time. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Heath, a musician, a creator, and an educator. Jason and I met one fine summer just over 20 years ago. We were playing in an orchestra for the Brit Music and Arts Festival in Oregon. We were just two young musicians entering our careers, having fun learning the literature and finding opportunities to perform. We've both since moved on from those days of orchestral performance being our sole focus and drive. Jason has remained active in the world of music in a variety of ways, and he's created a life oriented around what is fun for him. He's the orchestral strings product specialist for the Eastman Music Company. He's a course creator for Discover Double Bass. He's an internationally active as a clinician, a performer, and an online content creator. His podcast, Contrabass Conversations, has published over 900 episodes and has been downloaded more than 3 million times. He was a member of the Elgin Symphony for 16 seasons and has performed with the San Francisco Symphony, the Lyric Opera of Chicago, the Grant Park Symphony, and numerous other notable ensembles. He is a highly decorated veteran teacher with posts at the university level, as well as many years as a high school music director. He is a former member of the board of directors for the International Society of Bassists. He served as the president of the Illinois chapter of the American String Teachers Association, and as the orchestral representative for District 7 of the Illinois Music Educators Association. I appreciate Jason's creativity, his many accomplishments, and the way he continues to grow and serve his community. And I especially appreciate the way he's forged his own path. Please enjoy this conversation, the vibrant, the creative, and the fun, Jason Heath. Jason, welcome, man. Welcome to Touching Greatness. I'm so happy to be in conversation with you. I've been on your podcast before, and it just feels so good to, to be on the other side of it and welcome you into this space. Thank you for being here, man. Oh, well, my pleasure. And I was so happy to hear you were going to start a podcast. And in fact, that was the last time you were on my podcast as we were talking about the inspiration behind it. And I have been following along with what you've put out. And it's really fun to uh, have you in my earbuds. And I, <laughs> I love podcasts. I'm always walking the dog or doing the dishes or walking somewhere uh and so i just love you really get to know somebody in this medium and you really you can't really hide in this medium it's a very it's a very uh effective way for really getting to learn about people cool awesome well that's uh that's what i love doing here is like learning about people learning about what they're up to and how they go about doing the things that they do um 
I want to start with reading this quote, see how it lands for you and uh, see how you relate to it. Maybe it's a jumping off point for us and maybe it goes nowhere, but let's start here. So it's a quote by Quentin Tarantino. And the quote goes as follows. I want to risk hitting my head on the ceiling of my talent. I want to really test it out and say, okay, you're not that good. You just reached the level here. I don't ever want to fail, but I want to risk failure every time out of the gate. Well, he, he is certainly, I can see that in his body of work. You got a great, great quote and great person to quote. My wife and I, about a year ago, went through and watched every single Quentin Tarantino movie again, which is kind of fun because some of them, many of them I'd seen in the theater and talk about somebody who swings for the fences. And if he's hit his head on the ceiling of his talent, uh, I can't, I can't tell. Uh, and that's something I wish I would... That's something I hope for for myself in my own life. I think I've, I think I'm, I'm generally not a fan of my own work, um, which can be a good thing as as a creative, as a creator. Um, and I, I think I've, I'm, I'm sort of noticing in like the last couple of years and working with some people on projects, I'm sort of, I don't realize the capacity I actually have for doing some things in my in. In many areas of life, but I'm thinking about like my double base content creator, community builder world. So I want to start swinging for the fences more and let me try to hit my head. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think it's a really remarkable, remarkable uh, quote in many different ways. I think we all, can all relate to it in some way. Um, so, you know, speaking of which, why don't we pull people into like this might be a very long, uh, this might be a, a very broad and in-depth answer to this question, but um, like you, you, you have so many different hats. Uh, like I'm sure your day is just uh, so many different things, and you wake up and like, okay, which which Jason is gonna has to show up to these different things today. So it's like, how do you how do you even describe yourself to people these days? What you do in your day to people, what you do for your work, and yeah. Totally. And I actually was just talking with a colleague about this yesterday. I just tell people I'm a musician and then mm. we see where it goes from there. And, and that's often these days I'm around many sorts of people, some musicians, but a lot of people in here in San Francisco tech and finance and a lot of folks at my gym, that's kind of what they do. And so that musician kind of uh, piques people's curiosity. And that really is what I do. And I, musician is kind of like, this might sound strange, but it's kind of like a lawyer. That's actually like a very flexible and wide ranging field and means all sorts of different things. And I used to try to describe more specifically what I do. If I go back to like when I was just freelancing mm -hmm. um, and then it would go into this whole like, oh, are you in the Chicago Symphony? No, I did you know? And then I was so fun when I started uh, teaching more. And just to say I'm a teacher because mm -hmm. people say like, I know what teachers are. Right. I had teachers growing up and, and then, you know, that can lead to somewhere else, but I just tell people I'm a musician. And I think that's a good, you know, that's sort of the through line of all the activities that I do. I, whether it's, I was just subbing in the San Francisco symphony. So an hour and a half ago, I was on stage, uh, the first concerts tonight or my content creator activities or all the other things I've done in my life. I think with the exception of working at Citibank during college, I think, <laughs> musician yeah. uh maybe there's a maybe i could connect that somehow i think i think that's <laughs> sort of the, the the commonality between everything i do 
you run, you're a content creator. You've run this podcast, Contra-Based Conversations, for, gosh, I don't know, more than a decade. Now, two decades? Uh, coming up on it, I started in 2007, and it's 2023, so I think we're on year wow. 16. That's incredible. Amazing. <laughs> you have an incredible community. I know you're an educator as well, clinician. You're, you do stuff all over the world with people. Let, let's dive into a little bit of community, though. That's always something that really is really interesting to me. And, right, so you started this like 15, 16 years ago. So I'm wondering, because now you have such a robust community, a, a, a very strong following of people. Yeah, it's very specific, right? You're always talking about base, uh, but there are other people talking about it too. So I'm just curious about how you especially in the beginning, how you thought about cultivating, nurturing, creating value for community. Sure. Well, it's, uh, I, it started out like many projects, like no rhyme or reason or purpose, just total chaos. And I wasn't thinking about that at all. Having done a lot of community oriented things in the base world, I, and I'll think about it real differently. Like, uh, uh, and these days, and then I'll go, go back but uh these days I, I i don't and if we talk about like jason heath content creator you know i i i i'm not i this also came up with a colleague yesterday i was talking i'm not sure like do i run a newsletter well i kind of yeah maybe that's what i do do i do a podcast well that is what i do am i a youtuber well kind you know unfortunately yeah kind of <laughs> am i uh am i uh am i a sale am i a uh, uh do i run a, a marketplace for double base products and ideas and i do and and all that stuff I've has evolved over the years, but I started. So Alan and I met in, I believe it was 2001 or 2002, somewhere around there at the Brit Music Festival. We were in the bass section together. And right. at that point, I was a freelance double bassist uh, trying to trying to get an, uh, an orchestra job and not doing that great at it. You know, <laughs> sometimes getting getting a bat past the first round, sometimes not. And I was so uh, concerned about just fitting in and getting somebody to give me permission to be part of their ensemble yeah. and that scarcity waiting for permission uh thing is just kind of was certainly baked into my uh classical music training and i grew increasingly uh weary of this as alan did alan's got a if you're listening to this you you probably know alan's story but it's it's fantastic it's it's inspiring and fantastic and so cool um in 2007 i decided to stop trying to get an orchestra job and i started writing everything i hated about the music business and my <laughs> intent was to set fire to my music career because i decided i was going to go back to school and do something else and screw all this you know uh uh, all these groups that told me no and all that and so I started writing and what happened was and I, this will lead to what I'm doing now which is uh, different but this, this is sort of the the spark that got things going people uh, by just being honest about like look gigs are hard this sucks there's no money the, your percentage chance of getting a job is like so low this is like a giant bill of lies that you're being sold <laughs> Not totally true but that's what I was writing and actually I thought I was blowing up my freelance career. I actually started to get better gigs because I think people thought I was more interesting. And so I, I developed 
a bit of a reputation. This is like 2005, 2006, 2007, yeah. as a what you'd call now that I've done more things in the business world, a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. I was a subject matter expert on the classical music industry, which is hilarious because I was like a freelance double bassist. But I was, I, I remember getting calls. Uh, a, a few from various reporters talking to people at the oh, somebody at the New York Times, somebody at the Washington Post as like a source for like some, uh, you know, the contract is, you know, they're about oh, to go wow. on strike. And, yeah. and, and so around that time, I I had gotten into podcasts and listening to podcasts and I decided I want to start a ba a base podcast. And I've a lot of my projects haven't really made sense. I was doing all this writing on my double base blog, which was initially a place for student lesson assignments. And so <laughs> then it was getting ranked as one of the top classical music related blogs online. And so I had this this little mini arc of a few years of being like a somebody who's talks about all the bad things about the classical music industry, which is not really that positive a role to be in, right. but my bass stuff, and I had written about bass and I had all that on this website, but my, what I think of is what I do now really started with that podcast. So January 1st, 2007, I put out my first episode and I've put out almost a thousand now, uh, 3.2 wow. million downloads. And oh. it's none of it's about, you know, the bad stuff about the music industry is all just about base and it kind of ev ev you know evolved over time and i've had friends come on and co-host and help and it's just this big hairy creature that i keep doing every week and it's one of those things that i think of as a good for me habit like brushing my teeth or working out and i would do it even if nobody listened and yeah it everything i've done since then uh has been a result of the podcast or because of the podcast um which is fascinating. I love it. It's like not having an idea, but just following some impulse. And, and it sounded like it was like actually something of a, uh, some way to sort of vent some frustrations actually. And it ended yeah. up, yeah. All that writing was totally frustrating. And then the thing is, then I was done. I got yeah. it all out of my system and I didn't have anything. And so I kind of, I just quit doing it because I thought like I've said my piece and, yeah. and also I, ever since getting into doing the base content, you know, it's, what do you want to spend your time doing? You know, and like the base content has always felt like a very positive thing and something that like nourishes me because I'm learning. It's kind of like free lessons where, um, I, yeah, I, I became much happier when I stopped trying to rant and rave about the, about the challenges of, of getting a career <laughs> in the arts. But the funny thing is, as I was doing all that angry ranting, I also had these young students, teenagers in the Chicago area, and I am amazed at how many of them have gone on to have professional jobs. One of my students from this time period he just won a spot in the chicago symphony wow uh, that's incredible. and so it's like while i was so dark and so convinced that this was the dumbest thing to do with your time and, and but i kept <laughs> that separate from my students i was working with these young people and so yeah. the the more years i've lived and the older i've gotten the more i realize the more possibilities i realize there are in life and the real challenge is figuring out how you want to use these precious moments we have on this earth it's not so much and 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 i i've so i'm becoming more and more optimistic as i've gotten older and i really have become convinced that if someone really wakes up and is obsessed with something and goes for it it's gonna work out it might not work out exactly how you think 
because if we're talking very narrowly, like our shared background with classical music and there, yeah, there are only a few openings or whatever, but if you get up and you're obsessed and you go and it's the first thing you wake up and think about, I, I have yet to meet someone who has really sincerely, you know, given it their all and not done something pretty cool. It makes sense, right? In a way, it's like, there's just so many challenges to doing anything. If you don't have that passion and that drive and that motivation and that real desire for something, the first obstacle that comes up is just going to wipe you off of that track anyway. So so pull me into that. that so you start writing, basically venting frustrations. It starts to, people start following and you're using that as a way to just burn the bridges to your music career. But how does it, how does it transform into something like, actually, I don't need to burn those bridges. I'm going to keep following this path and stay involved in music. So how does that come about? Well, I also, during all this time, I had decided to, I, I realized the Heath household needed some stable income. So I was going back to school to be a, a, a high school orchestra director, which I hmm. did and loved for seven years. So I was, I was, I was, this was all happening at the same time. And the part of why I, I had decided to make that shift, which is why I quit caring about the, 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 the work and the permission and all that sort of stuff. And then the, the podcast thing was, was really, and then what resulted from it really was just, uh, I thought podcasts were cool and I got really into them and I thought I want to, and I probably would have started a podcast about anything, frankly, but yeah. there wasn't an active double bass podcast. And I thought, well, that's the thing I hold in my hands and know something about. And I started that and it, um, and it was hard. The first three episodes had no guests. It was me. I think one of my episodes was me just talking about the microphone I was talking into. And then I started to chat with people and I, I had a wonderful friend and colleague named John Grillo who saw the value in, in what a podcast could be. And he really kind of guided me through, we did maybe 35 interviews co-interviewing people mm -hmm. and john knew every everybody in certainly the classical double bass world so i had sort of every major principal bass on the podcast and at a certain point uh it started to get legs and but it took like a year or so and all of a sudden i remember going to a bass convention and realizing oh everybody recognizes me from wow. my podcast yeah. and 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 i got busier and busier in the high school teaching world and, and all of a sudden I, I got overwhelmed and I was never thinking of this as a business at this point, which now I do and it is, but at the, at, as my job, my responsibilities got bigger at the high school job, the podcast went on the back burner and then it just went dark for five years. And it wasn't until I knew I was moving to California and I knew that was going to happen in 2014, 2015. I started thinking like, what do I want to do and in California? And I wasn't sure that teaching was what I wanted to do for a variety of reasons, although I loved it. And so I was just thinking about like, what had I done? What have I done? Might, what might I want to do when I moved to California? Because it's kind of a cool moment. And I was following my wife out there. That's why I was moving to California. It's kind of cool scary but cool to have the slate wiped clean and all of my projects with the exception of this podcast which was on hiatus for like you know it had been several years at this point all of my project projects were tied to the city of chicago 
and I was about to leave the city of Chicago. And I'd been there 23 years. So if you're, I had, I was teaching at DePaul University, adjunct. I had my full-time te- uh, high school teaching job. I was uh, conducting, guest conducting with some of the local youth orchestras, private students, a uh, couple regional orchestras. I had a lot on my plate, and I was about to have nothing. And so I was thinking, like, what do I want to do? What is realistic? And I thought, what San Francisco does not need is another freelance double bass player. <laughs> Although, that, here I am playing with the San Francisco yeah. So, you, you know, you never know how life's going to go. Uh, and I was thinking, do I want to t- teach? Uh, let's look at the salaries. And let's just think. And I was about to turn 40, and I was just kind of thinking, like, what do I want to do for the next while in my yeah, life yeah. you know uh, and i for whatever reason i logged into this my podcast uh uh platform and i looked at the statistics i i hadn't done that in years i paid the hosting fee but so it was still up online and i i looked and i had some of these episodes had like fifty thousand listens sixty thousand listens that i was thinking like wow you want to talk about uh impact and not that we should be obs- obsessed with impact with everything we do certainly but i was just thinking like okay well so this conversation i had a few years ago how m- how many people is that and and i just decided and i had a little runway i had some salary saved and i i knew i would eventually run out of money in in san francisco maybe faster mm-hmm. in san francisco than yeah. some places. yeah but i realized um if I what I just it came to me I was like what if I what if this was my job or if I pretended mm. this was my job and I just like went all in, uh, what's the worst that could happen? And uh, and also just the practicalities like I'd never really done anything else in my life besides music stuff and those things take time to build up when you move somewhere new if you're if you're playing yeah take, take some time if you want to teach take some time and and so I just decided to go all in. And it was scary at first, but then, uh, the when you when you decide to go all in, a lot of the time it, things unlock because you're thinking about it all the time. And I tried a whole bunch of things that didn't work in terms of monetization and building out platforms. Oh, maybe I should make courses uh, about what. And then, mm. but but if I zoom out, there's like a nice steady progression from the podcast to starting to. Uh, develop a, an email newsletter to finally starting to develop some products and courses and then uh, work, bringing some other people on to so have a small team and and th- and over the years I've got this this community that is uh, pr- pretty cool and I've I've intentionally in the last year or so started to think about uh, making sure that there is an exit strategy for Jason, because I'm 46 right now. Right. I love what I do, but I also don't want to be trapped doing anything uh-huh. or feel like I'm trapped. And so we did this big, or I think it's big website redesign and made this double base HQ. So this place for all base things with me much less emphasized as the creator. I'm still there. I'm still all over it, but I'm going to, I'm going to mm-hmm. fade. I, I'm fade. Yeah. It's something that I can sell. It's something that right. I can leave, but it's, and maybe this is egomaniacal, but I, I like to think that this is, this is a community that doesn't need me. I'm in it, right. but they're talking to each other and I want to make sure I, I just don't want it to just die because, yeah. and that's yeah. what I think uh, some, something that people that create content have to think about a lot or, or ha- may think about as they're, as they're building something and just thinking about how they want their life to go. So I'm going to rewind to this, this place. You're moving to San Francisco. You've got a blank slate. 
I want to get a sense of like how scary that was for you, if it was scary at all, or like what was that, that actually like? Because on the back end, we can sort of piece together and connect the dots. But I'm sure there were plenty, of, like you mentioned, there were plenty of things that you tried that failed. I'm sure there were a lot of stop and starts and and like questions of like, what the hell am I doing? So so pull me into what it was what it was really like and uh, maybe like even pointing to one of one of your like what you think of as one of your biggest failures during that time. Yeah, it was it was uh, I think getting out of grad school and thinking, am I going to make a living when I'm 24? That was scarier or more uncertain. Uh, but this was probably the second most uncertain time. Mm. The good news is I had I had. I've lived enough life that I, I, I was confident something would work out. And my yeah. plan A was, let's just try to um, make this into my job. But I had a plan B and a plan C, so I wasn't worried. I, it was the one time in recent memory where like every month there was less money in the bank account yeah. than the previous month. It's like the opposite of what you're supposed to do just because you move <laughs> here and we're living on my wife's re uh, medical resident salary, which you you can do in a lot of places, but not not in uh, San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 was, I have a memory from this time. I was still, so I, I'm thinking spring of 2016, I was still employed by my high school, but I had already given them notice. I was quitting after the end of the school year. And there was one day that was like a testing day. It's just like a, a stupid day for a teacher. So I've never done this in my life, but I called in sick uh, because I was literally <laughs> just going to sit there and, and I never called in sick like when I was actually teaching, but I, I this, I, I, it, all I was going to do is watch kids take tests. And I thought like, I'm calling in sick. And it was the greatest day I, I, I could remember in terms of like, I, I had the day all to myself um, because I was trying to do this content creator thing while I was still working, you know, the 60 hours a week, it probably realistically is at the high school job. And mm. all of a sudden I had all the time in the world. I had this day and I sketched out some business plans. I reached out to some people and, and then I moved to San Francisco. It's June, 2016. I have all the time in the world and it's terrifying because I realized <laughs> like, like, oh no, it's really happening. And, and so that fall was the most on i was the most stressed out and you can ask my mm. wife this too because she i i don't know what my my facial or visual tick is but when yeah. i'm when i'm doing something i don't really believe in or i'm really stressed out about i do something and she said she told me later she's like oh yeah it was all over your face uh, you've got to you've got to tell yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and and i was trying to monetize what i was doing which is a good move. Uh, but I was, I was really trying to monetize what I was doing. And I was trying to like, okay, let's build some courses. Let's really try, let's try to think of products that I can sell. Let's write a book and do all these things. And I think I was, uh, that was this maybe subconscious priority, but certainly it was there and conscious mm -hmm. a lot of the time too. And once we hit the beginning of 2017, I could feel that a few things, not what I was trying to monetize, but a few things were kind of working out. Uh. Like I had started to just, you know, I, I decided this was going to be my job. So I was treating it like a job and I was reaching out to people. I was doing what the advice you get. And I, sure. and, and all of a sudden some people were coming on board as sponsors for the podcast, a couple of business, you know, people I'd reach out to in the music industry. We gotten in touch. I was starting to get booked to come out as a guest for some bass festivals, which is something I I thought might happen, and it 
definitely happened. Um, but I, f I could see, oh, thing. and then a couple of um, school job openings, which there had been none, opened up. And mm. I took an, uh, I took a, I guess you'd call it an audition for one, uh, and I didn't get it. But then I realized, oh, I actually don't want to do this. So I like, like all of a sudden, more, a few more possibilities came on board. I start to actually become busy enough in San Francisco, I was starting to have to say no for a few things. Yeah, gigs were calling me. Right. And I took the, the I stopped caring so much about monetize everything so hard and then it all started to monetize so uh, yeah it's so like, funny yeah so as, like, so as soon as i just like like let up on that gas pedal yeah. and just like really looked around and just sort of let life kind of like i some momentum had gained on my my various projects and I've, i just sort of let things take their course a little bit more and uh think about oh that sounds like an interesting opportunity oh that's an interesting opportunity that's when the stuff really started to grow yeah, just following what was naturally sort of in your awareness and what you're pulled to yeah. rather than like trying to beat it over the head until it's like, give me the damn money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like a good se six to seven months where it yeah. was like I right. wasn't sleeping super well. Yeah. I was, you know, I was a little – I wasn't questioning my decision, but I was I was uh, thinking a, a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that space. It's like, I can't really go back to anything. <laughs> Things don't really seem like they're working out right now. And I, all I can do is just keep moving forward. It's a really, that that space where like, you want something to be happening, but it's not quite there yet. That, that can be a really tough tension to hold. Yeah. 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 The, the part I love that you said, it's like, even as you're embarking on this, you just had this belief that I'm going to figure it out. And sort of were able to tap into some resilience as things weren't quite going the, the, the way you wanted. I'm wondering how, how did you develop that belief or like, where did that come from? How did you just know? It's like, it doesn't matter what happens, but I know I can, I can figure this out. I had had a dress rehearsal for this moment, hmm. which is when I went back to school, uh, they were, this is like around 2007, and I started to become the subject matter expert, classical <laughs> music person. I also started to get hired um, to manage a few different projects. I was uh, like, they, like all of a sudden, uh, all these opportunities tangentially related to the music world, like various like nonprofit groups and youth orchestras. And it, it, all of a sudden I was getting all these opportunities and I realized, oh, I actually don't have to go back to school. I could, I could just go into this, like helping people with their music related internet projects. Uh, I could, I could just kind of start my, I really had kind of started a, a fledgling business that way. Um, yeah, I was just, and, and I remember talking to my dad and I, I hadn't finished this degree yet at DePaul and I was getting really sick of going and like being in these classes. And my dad convinced me, he's like, look, just finish the degree. You're almost done. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to just get this education thing and we're going to have some benefits and it's going to be more stable and it's going to be safe. And I ended up really liking it, but I had had that moment where I thought I could go all in now. And this was like 2008-ish, 2009. So I, I'd been through this before mm -hmm. and I had gone the the traditional job path so I knew that or I was confident that like like I'd seen possibilities and I had just yeah. not done them and the, you know the world changes and the online world changes even faster typically so I knew it was a different uh 
environment. Yeah. Environment is the a good word. Um, but I had I had kind of had a dress rehearsal for mm. this. And mm -hmm. I thought if, you know, I'd lived a lot more life and I'd had some other experiences and I, I, I was, I had, I had resolved in my mind that, that this was, this was going to work. So long, and long term, even through those like kind of months where I wasn't real sure and wasn't sleeping well, I was, I was, uh, I thought, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that yeah. happens, I get broke. We're not going to get kicked out. I, I can, I can go work at my, like I was on a podcast a few months ago and they said, what, what occupation would you love to have? That's like totally different from what you do right now. And I would love to work for Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. I go to Trader Joe's all the time. <laughs> I read the Fearless Flyer. I listen to Trader Joe's podcast. And I was talking to oh my gosh. somebody about this and they said, that's a very achievable dream, Jason. But <laughs> you're right. So like, I, I, I'd be gonna, I'm gonna be fine. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I do love that you're just being all in, that, that commitment really, changes the game for you gives you something to latch on to that no matter what um what storms sort of occur you still have this north star of like i'm i'm gonna readjust and make, make this thing happen i think that goes a long way for for people trying to create anything in their life right it's just being all in on it being, uh, having some commitment towards it and doing the work i'm a yeah. big fan of seth godin who sure. you know yeah. listeners may hopefully are familiar with him but you know that's his thing you just like uh, doing the work uh showing up and uh, consistency and that's part of just like t treating whatever it is you do like a job or or you know actually like you know sincere so, yeah. effort and consistency yeah and you know you'd be amazed where you get if you do that yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's 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 <laughs> for anything. It's like you want to lose weight, you want to get in better shape, you want to um, learn about something new, you want to create a business, you want to write an article. You, you got to sit down, or like you got to show up to the work. You got to actually make some time to get engaged with what is there to be done. What is capturing your interest lately? Uh, sure, that's a great question. The uh, many things, so we could go many different directions. Uh, cool. I, I'll, I'll start with some personal things and then go to some business things. Awesome. I, yeah. I'm just, after a lovely, lovely 2020 into 2021, I'm really loving being back, you know, in, in, in the city of San Francisco. And I love my neighborhood. I live in this neighborhood, North Beach, which is really oh, fun yeah. in San Francisco. And I'm loving just being a and I had so many years where I was just driving all over the place and I didn't feel like I really had a home at all like even I was in Chicago a long time even in Chicago when I was living in Chicago I was always working in the suburbs and this is the first place in my adult life where I have pretty much unless I'm on the road lived and worked in the same place and even in like the same neighborhood so I am I am just enjoying the heck out of being a part of North Beach. And it's such a great little uh, community. I know people's names, they know oh, my names, cool. they know my dog's name. And so I'm really just having a great time soaking it all in and uh, enjoying the best of what living in a city like this has to offer. So that's something yeah. personally. Uh, I'm also I'm also just trying to make sure that what I do in my life is fun, that I want to yeah. do what I want to do. And I, the Gretchen Rubin, the four 
tendencies or four habits or whatever it is. You know, there's the rebel, the obliger, the well, I, my wife is convinced that I'm a rebel. And though I do, I'm probably also an obliger kind of cause or an upholder, maybe whatever the word is, but like, mm -hmm. I do follow through my commitments, but I just don't like being told what to do or mm -hmm. feeling like I have to do something. Now I will yeah. totally do what I, what I agree to and like follow through, but I, I, and so I'm trying to just make sure that I, I like not having a boss, really, yeah. and I want to make sure that I don't feel like I, I love that feeling of freedom of like like waking up and thinking like, what do I want to do? How do I want this week to look? How do I want this day to look? And so I'm just trying to make sure that if if that if I start to feel like I'm I'm obligated to do a bunch of things, like reevaluate. Um, and, and, and of course that's something we're all working on and, you know, the trash must get taken out and the dog must get walked and the, all the things, uh, that, that you got to do just to, as a member of society. But I'm trying to just make sure that I'm, my life is fun and that I like what I'm doing and just, I'm just, uh, evaluating every season, every year, every quarter, whatever, uh, that, uh, more specifically, like. In terms of uh, projects that I'm doing, like if you look me up online, I'm I'm trying to tell the story of the base world and what's cool about about it, and also the magic of what happens when bass players get together, which is a different thing, and <laughs> than other instruments. And the line that I've heard a lot is, "Violinists have competitions, bass players have conventions," and there is this, <laughs> but the, it, capturing that. How do you capture that? It's hard. Um, so I've been trying to capture that. Uh, I've I've written about it, taken mm -hmm. photos, and I'm trying to to really create video these days that that is compelling, that people want to watch, and that captures that magic. And it's kind of a tall order in in my head, but I've I've been. Uh, I've been working on my video game the last few years, and I've been really having a fun time learning how to tell a story, learning how to tell a story that uh, that people want to hear. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and I've been having a lot of fun with that, down to the metrics. You know, I've been really working, I've been like reading and watching and listening, and like like how do I craft a title and thumbnail on YouTube that then when they click in, they want to stay yeah. and other platforms too. But that's something that I've been focused on the last few years. It's something I wanted to get better at. And it's wild to see uh, it's, it's, you know, for my stuff, for my size, for my community, it, it is working. It's, it's, yeah. um, so that's what I, and there's, no limit. It's just like I, I'm uh, playing Prokofiev tonight. It's never going to be good enough. I'm never going to play that piece, you know, as well as I want to. Uh, the same is true for for video, of course. But I'm I'm trying to see and talk about like possibilities in that Quentin Tarantino quote. You know, there's so many places I could go. I can't even. It's really my imagination that's whole and time that's holding right, me back. Right. So it's little steps. I'm just trying something new every week and try and that that's what I've been really dialed in on the last. Uh, few years and and I'm storyboarding ideas and I go I was in San Antonio last week and I'm at the symphony this week and someone mentions an idea or I get a comment on a video and and those all go into my project planner or notion and I flush those out and I'm trying to like constantly uh, push myself to see what I can do and can yeah. I be sillier can I how and, and so and I've been having a blast doing that it sounds like it. That's a, I love that too. Just um, capturing the, 
the the real human connection part of it that happens yeah. when bass players get together that there's something really compelling about that because it becomes a, a a story about humans rather than just a bunch of people playing bass together which i find really cool i also love just this uh the the just the process of learning and growth or it's really the process of mastery that you approach things with you know even down to like how am i going to write this headline that's so the most effective you know it's just that alone learning how to refine that is is super cool the thing that really piques my interest though is um i think you've you've brought it up a couple times here indirectly but just orienting to like what you want to do with your your time what really lights you up what what is fun what what um what do you want to give your efforts to given that we have a limited amount of time um, earlier, you called it like, what do I want to do? How do I want to create these precious moments of, of my life looking at this blank page? So I'm, you mentioned a little bit about it, but how for you, how do you start to understand that for yourself where you're connected to what it is that is meaningful for you? Yeah, let's try to like get to know yourself, which is this journey that we're all on. And what I what I know about myself at this moment in 2023, subject to change, like I, I, much of, and this is a little bit of a depressing realization, but not really, much of what, like my, if you want to think of a zone of genius, that sounds a little grandiose, but grandiose, but like, I really do need like large chunks of solitary time to think and develop things. And a lot of what I do is just me by myself. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also a very social person. I need to be around people. And I love to be around people and I get energy. So like finding that balance. And right now I'm a little too social because I was playing the symphony three weeks ago and then I was in San Antonio doing mm -hmm. this uh, trade show. And now I'm doing 10 services with the symphony this week, but next week is mine. <laughs> and so uh, just sort of like looking and trying to like um, think about what that, try to be more realistic in what life's actually going to be like when I'm in something. So just set reasonable expectations. Mm. Yeah. Um, something I've, I've always been, you know, somewhat physically active. This is something you, you, you can relate to, of, of course, but I, I decided in, and I've run and all that, and I love that, but I decided about 15 months ago, I just wanted to be a person that goes, that works out every day. And mm -hmm. we have this nice gym, the Bay Club here. It's this really fancy kind of Equinox style gym, yeah. uh, a block away from me, block and a half. And I, and my wife and I both joined the gym and I started to do this thing where I, I don't ever have to work out again, the rebel. I don't have to work out ever, but I'm only allowed to get coffee at the gym and they have really good coffee at the gym and it's free. And I go to sleep in workout clothes. So every morning I find myself in the gym wearing workout clothes, getting coffee, don't have to work out, but I have described, it's been amazing to like make that like a, fairly disciplined for me practice like every single day that I'm in town I start at the gym and the that all, and then I go into this the sauna or the steam room and I'm 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 working out but I'm also thinking I'm I'm preparing mm -hmm. for the day and I really like that it feels like a great it's a great combination of self-care and I feel kind of classy because it's a nice gym and like 
you know, not hopping into my email, not hopping on social, right. pushing, delaying, you know, that that has been great for priorities. It means I have a little bit less of the day because yeah. I don't really hop in to do anything until you know, maybe around lunchtime. Um, yeah. But that time I really take seriously and work out and I, I've planned out my day at, at the gym. And that going back to that, like treating things like a job uh, or, or, or showing up and, and being consistent. I decided when I moved out here, my wife has a very regular schedule, Monday through Friday, basically eight to five. And so that's when I work uh, and period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm on the road or something like that, or yeah. I'm playing with the symphony, rules are broken. But my like Jason Heath content creator, J like or any sort of project I'm working on, I'm very strict about actually actively working on so on something. Mm -hmm. In the, and that's been really helpful in just sort of um, making sure that I that I, you know, because I. I start working on a video. I keep working on it until 10 p.m. If you yeah. just if I let myself, yeah. but that robs my my vitality the next day. And so again, it's like trying to make sure I'm I'm doing things that are fun that I want to do. Like like I hit. I, it's like a game. I'm looking at the clock yeah. and it's like 4:58. Oh no, 4:59. Mm -hmm. And that's true with practicing. It's like the moment five hits, I I tell my smart speaker, which I will not say because it'll turn on your smart speaker. At home. <laughs> Uh, and I have a, a prompt I give, and the lights change color in this place, and Frank Sinatra comes on, and oh, like, that's cool. the end of the day, and yeah. it always happens at five. And so, that's been helpful, just in terms of like, um, yeah, just really like the working out thing, which I, I, I've always kind of gone in fits and starts. It was harder in Chicago when I was like running outside, and right, yeah. but this has been that's been I've I've really enjoyed uh, making that a practice. I feel like I think better. I feel like the, the quality of my energy is, is higher overall. And, uh, that's my first priority, which is great. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of, of it doesn't matter, but like getting into your body, mm -hmm. having some sort of relationship with your body. So you're moving somewhat helps a lot of other things like, you know, even intuition and just trying to distinguish, what feels good and what is pulling us towards something it's hard to do that if you're not really connected to your body it's hard to tune into those signals of like no actually this is fun so all of those things sort of get dampened down if we're sedentary and not connected so i yeah i think that's cool the other thing i love is that you have this really um i agree with you it's like there is a, a sort of law of diminishing returns you can it's like in base practice or or trying to write an article or something Sure, you can set it aside uh, like eight hours and try to like do something, but something really incredible happens when you set a tight constraint. Um, not necessarily like this is just how much I'm going to work in this time, and learning how to almost sprint in a way. The the work seems to find a way to compress itself into the time you give it, which is uh, like a really amazing thing to start to figure out. And also it's like your energy, just the quality of, if I'm trying to work on writing something and it's three hours into it, the quality of what I'm trying to write is nowhere. It's very poor actually. So um, also learning when you start to, your creative energy starts to dip. That's something that, that I find uh, is connected to your body too, just knowing yourself. Totally. And having, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. The, the other little piece of the puzzle for me, um, which is, 
as you could always do it if you're carrying around a notebook or whatever. I use an app on my phone, but just like idea capture. Yeah. Because you know, like the thing is, I'm disciplined with that, but ideas are going to pop up when they're going to pop up. It might be when I'm, I was doing my treadmill run this morning. It could be like I'm watching YouTube t after the concert tonight or something. I just want to make sure that I that I can get that that out of the brain um, yeah. that's mm -hmm. a, and and you know that can get real nerdy but like finding a system yeah. where that can be collected and then fleshed out in the future or added to the appropriate spot that's like you know probably everybody's got some sort of system for that but just having one where i can just like the the idea can can gracefully go somewhere where i can uh uh you know when, when it's time to work on it it's there yeah yeah, I mean, this. Uh, let's spend a little bit of time here because this is a huge interest of mine. Just um, you know, as as creators trying to get our ideas out in the world, it's an important thing to be able to capture ideas and have some place you can trust to come back to them later. I find it's like we think we're going to remember them because it's like, wow, that's a brilliant idea, but we don't. I like our minds are just not really good at remembering things. Uh, I find them to be like dreams in a way. It's like dreams. We wake up in the morning. And it's like, whoa, I had this amazing dream. Get up, brush your teeth. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't remember any part of that. It's the same thing with I, I find with ideas. So um, I, I love this. And for me, it's like whatever I'm using to capture ideas, I want to be as quick and easy as I can. So on my phone, it's like one tap and I can enter the thing. I don't want a page full of ideas. I want one single thing with one idea. And then later on, I come back to this whole batch of things and I understand what I need to do with it. Some, a lot of them are just going like a, <laughs> a place where they're basically going to die. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do with this. This is just gonna go in this file. Some of it, I, it's like, this is interesting. Maybe this is a project and it goes in a certain place for that. Sometimes these ideas relate to something I'm already working on, so I know what to do. But having a place to capture and then a place where I know I can come back to it and know what to do with it. And these are all just separate parts. What I find not helpful is trying to capture it and know what to do with it right there. It's too much. The other thing I find really interesting about this is after you start doing this for a while, that trust in that system does something to my mind where it's like, okay, this dude has a place for all this stuff. So we're just going to keep feeding him ideas. And that's one of the really incredible things when that starts to really click. So, yeah, I'm curious about how you go about doing it. Yeah. Well, I've tried a lot of things over yeah. the years. And the thing I always have to be careful of, and I think this is a common human trait is like, you can get really into your system and then yeah. you just fetishistically polish right. the system and never get anything done. Yeah. So, so at, at, at the it's moment, not like a Rube, Rube Goldberg yeah. <laughs> machine. For, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so what, I use Evernote as kind of my junk drawer for everything. Hmm. And, but I don't, do projects in it anymore. I used to use it for like my project or organizer, but I found that it was a little, it just didn't work with the, the fluidity wasn't there for what I like. So I see them advertise all over San Francisco. I'm not sure if they're based here, but Notion is the app I'm using right now. Um, and I find the, that to be a quite flexible system for literally taking like three words that I wrote on my base tool. And that can then become a, a, 
project with all sorts of subcomponents that I add people on it to, to share it or, or work on it. And I can, if it's a podcast idea that then becomes a YouTube idea, I can backlink within there. Um, and I, it just seems to work well for me. I have on my phone, um, we're getting nerdy here, but I have on my phone a, a, a shortcut for Notion, mm-hmm. and it goes to a folder just called Spark. And uh, that cool. is, it's just a Kanban board, and I just put the thing mm-hmm. down and get it out of my head. And then when I'm sitting down somewhere where there's time to think about it, I can just drag that into wherever. It could just be like reference or archive or whatever. Right. And so Notion is, the search is, is pretty robust on there, and it just works uh, quite well for me to um, like collect, collect, uh, links about a person whatever you know someone someone makes a comment that i know would be a potentially good video i just screenshot it and put that into my ideas part of notion it's also uh for youtube it's i also find that it's very um the the structure of that app is is very is malleable and you're it's very easy to change course and reorganize so as I work on various projects, my f- my workflow changes, and I've, mm-hmm. I've found that that app has grown with me mm-hmm. um, pretty elegantly. It's not perfect. Uh, yeah. There are definitely things that I prefer about Evernote. One, and Notion is not awesome when you're like on the plane or like it. It doesn't seem to. Uh, go t- enough levels deep for my purposes sometimes, even if you sync, you know, for offline uh, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we're, um, but whatever, it still is like it's it works with my brain very well. And the fact that you can look at things like a ta- uh, uh, like a spreadsheet or like a Kanban board or like a, or a calendar. So, like yeah. with YouTube ideas, I, I have this v- giant column called ideas. Mm-hmm. Then I have one called uh, uh, coalescing. Or like, oh, and cool. then another one called like, like really coalescing. Right? I don't yeah. remember. And then like next up, and right. then final steps published. Then, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's just a nice, um, it's a nice way to so like get an idea. It's like ah, it's an okay idea. It's going to yeah. the ideas. Um, or so so that system has worked great for me just for keeping lots of little details um at my fingertips and for for um yeah it's it, that that was a discovery of, for me maybe 2021 prior to that yeah evernote i was rocking the evernote i had all my tags in order i had all sorts of things <laughs> um and and that's yeah that's that's what i've been using how about you yeah yeah i mean like mine's pretty easy actually i use um Apple Notes for capturing. It's yep. just it's great. So easy. Yeah. A lot of times um I do use Evernote for I'm intending to use that less and less, but if there's like a uh, I'll I'll use that for web capturing. If there's a if I'm on my laptop and there's like the web clipper is just so easy. Mm-hmm. Um if there's an article I'm reading and want to know I want to edit that or read it later, I'll just capture it there. I know there are other tools to capture uh articles and stuff, but I it's like I want to I try to keep my systems, unless it's breaking, I try not to add additional tools in. Yeah, and I try not um, to change my systems very yeah, often because yeah. for like a lot of it is like getting a flow that you're comfortable yeah. with. For me, mm-hmm. video edit is somewhat related, like like getting comfortable. I decided I wanted to move over to Adobe products just because uh-huh. I was always kind of needing Photoshop and an audio editor and a video editor, and uh, but I was so hesitant because I knew I was gonna like my pro- productivity was gonna go down to like ten percent right. for a few, yeah. and it did go down. Yeah. But then it got back up, and now yeah. I'm glad that I I do it. But like yeah, I that was one of those things I I had edited probably like 
800 podcast episodes in other programs. And then right. I thought like, and I, I want to move to Adobe Audition, but I, I had to wait until it was like a slow period in life. And then I had to like you know, <laughs> bang my head against the desk for yeah. a while. I got that new system going. Yeah, it's funny how, how, you know, in the long run, I think sometimes we have to start over with some things if we want to change something that's not working right. And uh, that takes a while for it to level up to where we're actually getting that time back. It's a, always a funny thing. It stops me from, from taking on new things that'll actually help in the long run a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Here's like a long time ago, you mentioned to me, we're speaking about self-reflection and just uh, you know getting to know yourself. One of the things you mentioned to me a while ago, this I'm not sure if you still do this, but you keep a log or kept a log of everything you were doing in the day down to like the hour or the minute or something. Is that still something you do? Yeah, it's right here on my iPad Pro right here. I use this app cool. Notability and I, uh-huh. I sketch it out. Um, I'm, I, you know, I, I keep track of everything like especially this like quote unquote work week stuff i I also want to be careful i don't waste too much time on it because i can get but so it's just i write it out there's something about the actual act of writing even with the apple pencil it still feels close enough to writing and it might just it's i find that a helpful way just for organizing my um my my flow and i'm always like i have next week planned out but I, I keep it loose the great thing about notability is you can just like circle something and drag what you wrote to another day or if if someone emails me something and i i know i will need to deal with it next week but i want to have to open up my email to get to it i can paste the text into notability and that way i can like because as soon as i open up my email then i have like 20 more tasks right so it, it helps keep, it yeah. helps minimize my time spending my inbox and yeah mm-hmm. i i just like that there's something and i love sitting down at the at the gym this is almost always done at the gym uh right after working out and just like looking and it's always i'm always amazed at how little time there really is in the day especially yeah. if you do some self-care like the gym so it's like it's like okay it's 9 or 10 a.m depending on when i got there well and and usually i either have a smoothie at the gym or i go out for a relatively early lunch i usually just Mm -hmm. eat twice a day so it's like all right i'm gonna have lunch and then i got from noon to five and i have to practice and these so how am i going to use that time and Mm -hmm. sometimes i will just write like I, i one of my jobs is i'm a uh, on the uh, string team for this company, Eastman Music Company in Los Angeles. I know I have to hop in and do some, you know, Outlook and tasks and whatever. So I'll just write Outlook p- plus tasks and that mm-hmm. will go. And then I track it though. So I see like, oh, wow, that was 90 minutes I spent right. doing that stuff. Good to know. So maybe in three years, it's like, maybe I don't want to do Outlook and tasks anymore. <laughs> I'll just do my own projects. So yeah, I track it. So you've been doing this since you were, if I remember right, since you were in high school? Yeah, yeah, for practicing I did, but not uh, I wouldn't track everything in my day. This okay. was this was more of a moving to San Francisco thing. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but cool. I used to track my pra- you know, I I think yeah. like most of us uh, mm-hmm. had some kind of practice journal. So yeah, I, yeah. I didn't ke- I I didn't keep it up um uh, but but during like the high school teaching years you know, yeah, I was basically just using my uh, my uh, Google Calendar and that kind of thing. But that's fun yeah. to have too, because I can go back. Yeah, yeah search off. through it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I like to at the end of the year, I like to go back and just do a quick, you know, overview of look through the calendar. It's, it reminds me of stuff that I totally forget about. It's fun. 
It's yeah. fascinating. I just yeah. did it on the plane with all my, um, I was San Antonio to San Francisco, so I had a little over three hours, and I did it with all of my handwritten notes starting oh, in 2019, wow. and I could like see the pandemic coming, right? It's like, it's like, <laughs> Right. And then and then I look, I could tell my my not great mental state by looking at my notes from 2020. And there was like, I remember like but in, in, in June, I had just written to myself, finally, a good night of sleep. Wow. You know? and it's like yeah. the little thing. I was still planning, trying to like right. have some sort of sense of normalcy. And then I could, I got into, oh, yeah, here I am getting back on the road. And it's just it's it's interesting to reflect or like in my calendar, too, because I use my calendar like, yeah, roll back to 2018 and think about like oh yeah what was that like did i like that pace mm -hmm. did i like that project one of the other things i was curious about is uh like you <laughs> you have so many different hats right as we've discussed a lot of different roles a lot of things that i'm sure when you were a grad student or you know undergrad student you would never imagine you'd be doing today so i'm wondering as you're trying to grow, as you're trying to create new things, as you're bringing ideas into the world, we all experience imposter syndrome. I'm wondering how that's shown up for you and what you do with that, how you work through that. Yeah, I have it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still, is D flat actually in tune? I was just thinking <laughs> that today, playing this piece, it's like, is it me? But then I look at the the first desk at San Francisco Symphony, and they too are wondering if D flat's in tune. I can see. So, like, yeah, the imposter syndrome thing is is interesting. I, 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 I think I mentioned this like like when we got rolling here, but like, or maybe I didn't. Um, uh, but I, you know, I'm generally I generally do not. I'm not a f a big fan of my own work. That doesn't necessarily mean that. So. I will, I, it's gotten much better over the years, the imposter syndrome, um, because I think, you know, you, I've started to kind of realize, oh yeah, I do kind of belong here. It, it rises up from time to time, certainly. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I think that the podcast has helped actually doing the mm. podcast and sort of realizing, oh, everybody's thought about all this stuff and and it's always it always feels like chaos in the moment you know that you look at the bio it looks so neat and tidy you talk about what it was actually like much less tidy and yeah it's just when I think I've got something figured out, that's when I like I do something really dumb. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm never as good as I think I am, or as incompetent as I think I am. The reality is somewhere in the middle, and that's true at the symphony too. I'm like, every once in a while, it'll come in my head. It's like I'm crushing this, and that is the exact moment oh, yeah. that I play in a rest. Yeah. So just trying to be be uh, not take myself too take what I do seriously, but not take myself too seriously. Be willing to. Uh, uh, very much admit fault when something doesn't go well. Being willing to admit when I don't know what I'm talking about, um, which happens a lot too. Yeah. Um, and just try, try to be realistic about what I do know and don't know. I think that's helped. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, don't feel, I, I don't feel like I've, like uh, it comes up, but it, has, it definitely happens. And especially with this um, music industry role, I realize all of a sudden it's like, oh my, I totally screwed this up. You know? <laughs> Because I don't, I don't know what I didn't know, and and a lot of the time it's like I didn't realize I should have asked for help on this. Right. And, and so you know, but I've screwed up enough times to realize that everybody's screwing up at 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 
not that they're an, an incompetent company, but everybody's making similar mistakes, right. you know, as well. And and so yeah, that's I think that's the one spot where it's like, oh yeah, I I totally did not think through that. But then what I do is I respond to whoever I screwed up on. It's like, oh, I totally screwed that up and didn't think through that clearly. So that yeah, it happens. But I I I think it's yeah, the imposter syndrome rather ha, ha, does rear up, but it's not it's not as frequent as it certainly was when I was like on the orchestral audition circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to like being consistent with what you're trying to put out in the world. Like if you know, you're going to be putting out a episode every week or an article every week or whatever you're trying to create for the world, there's something about having a consistency that it's not that it doesn't show up, but somehow that makes it easier because it's like, you just got to get on with it and release the thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that was okay. I didn't die. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I was just going to come out and, but, uh, on not liking your own work or not. I'm, I'm wondering how that shows up for you. Is that like a, is it like a, you think it's bad or it's just not like you don't like, what does that mean for you? Like I, I think it's uh, yeah, it's sort of a weird comment to make about your own stuff. I think I'm probably stealing that from Joe Rogan. He talks mm. about that all the time. But like, uh, I, I, that sounds probably harsher than it is. I'm not in. I, I, I don't <clears throat> think. I, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty uh, clinical when I look uh. at what I put out in the world, and I've mm. spent so much time listening to my my voice, watching myself that I I think. Uh, and especially if I think about video, where there's there's so much uh, capacity to go different directions, I, I, uh, I try something that's fun, and I try, so, but like like I sometimes don't realize that I all the elements came together in a really cool way, um, but then I start to see the reaction in public, and I realize like oh that did, and then I'll go back and like oh yeah that was good that did yeah. work, but like what does good mean? You know, it's like uh, there's a, an author I haven't followed along recently, but I've liked over the years named James Altucher, and he has uh -huh. this analogy you know when you think about a complex set of skill it's re really interesting like if you think about like what is basketball yeah like you say basketball <laughs> like, right. but that's actually running dribbling shooting all these thoughts and like and i think about that with base too like what's being like a competent person in a you know subbing in my case in a high level orchestra like the san francisco symphony it's so many skills going yeah. on right there at the same time and it's the same thing with content creation um so i'm I'm like it's it. I mean, I'm not generally own, a fan of my own work. Kind of like I mean, I'm not a giant fan of my own bass playing. Although I think I'm a good bass player, I just look at it very clinically. Like I'm mm -hmm. trying to get better at these things, right. and I'm trying to like, you know, if it's possible to measure, you know, measure. And and I, I I'm I could always be more in tune. I could always be, yeah. you know, uh, say things in a different way on the camera. Or I could try. So so it's it's. Uh, that's kind of what I mean. I mean by that. Is yeah. That I just I look very clinically at what I put out in the world. And I'm not. I don't. Um, yeah. I'm just. That's. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> totally get it. Yeah. There's this funny thing. It's like the creator and the person, the person enjoying the creation, are two totally different, two totally different mindsets, two totally different ways of relating to the thing that is being created mm -hmm. and for me i find that's like there's always been a huge difference between how the idea lives in my head and how it's executed mm -hmm. it, it never 
is anywhere close to how I envision it in my head. This goes for my own bass playing, uh, anything I've written, any content I've produced, uh, any work I'm doing really. It just isn't. I mean, because our mind is is formless and it can just go wherever. It's just endless possibilities there. But bringing it into form, that's where we're limited by <laughs> a lot of other rules and the laws of physics and all that stuff. But what I've found for myself is like, when I get something out, I'm usually never quite, I'm, I'm not really, I come to a point where I'm satisfied and it's like, okay, it's to a place where I can actually share it with the world. It's to some sort of quality where I'm, I'm happy that I've given it my all and I can release it now and it's, it's not mine anymore. And I'm still unsatisfied with that gap between the idea in my head and how I've executed it though. And it's been really interesting because it was last year I started to really want to get better at writing. And I looked back over some writing from years ago and, and it really struck me. I was like, wow, it's weird that I want to get better at writing because this stuff is pretty good, actually. It was like hitting me in a different way. Like it was actually stuff that I wanted to read. And it's like, this is this is cool stuff. So for me, it takes a lot of distance to where I'm, I'm not looking at it like, okay, did I get this right? Was this note in tune where I'm actually feeling the creation of it? And it's a year sometimes. It also takes like a little bit of like, okay, I'm going to listen to it in this way. Totally. Well, I, I pulled out a few years ago, I, I found a, a tape that I had recorded of me prepping like the Kansas City Symphony bass list in like 2006 or something. And I, I'm sure I would just like hated every moment of that back then. I remember listening, I was like, dang, that's pretty good. Like, like it, it's, it, it is amazing what distance does. Um, every once in a while, I if I want to, I'll, I'll go back a couple of years and if we're thinking about video on YouTube and it's amazing how, you know, I, the ideas will still be good, but then also how it's like, oh, wow, I got a better camera. I did this. I know yeah. this now. There yeah. was somebody, somebody, we'd have a lot of content out online, especially if it's on a platform that allows comments. It's, um, it's, it's kind of funny and hilarious when someone like leaves you some sort of negative snipe about something that was like way in the past. Like somebody left a comment <laughs> on something I had done in 2017 and the wow. comment was hilarious. Yeah. They're like, this is like what my high school social studies teacher would put together. This is so lame. And I watched back and I was like, they are right. This is so <laughs> lame, but it's the best I could do. And right. then I go and I look at some of my writing. Like um, we've, we launched this new website and my business partner had, had, uh, has been sharing out content. There are no dates. It's all evergreen. You have no idea when it was written, but I know I wrote it in 2006, like right when I started like writing on online. I mean, I'd written that stuff about the music industry, but this is like, or so maybe this was 2005. It's like from a long time ago. You can't tell because it's words and our, our shiny new font we have for the site and it's in a nice new casing, but it's stuff from a long time ago. And I'm amazed. I look at the Google Analytics and all these clicks, and it's like, oh yeah, that's not bad. Good job, 2005, Jason. You know, it's it's wild that what that distance can do for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I always find that it's like very interesting to me. Like, whoa, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's in stark contrast to remembering the time when I did it. Like just like you were saying, it's like, wow, this isn't 
this is the best I could do. And I gave it my all, but still internally, it's just like, it's not where I want it to be. <laughs> well, and some of that stuff for me, a lot of it landed during that time when I had moved to San Francisco and I was really stressed out and I was trying to do a really good uh, job yeah. and I didn't have good gear yet because I didn't want to spend right. money. And so it's, it's funny, especially in something like video where you're, you're hearing and seeing yourself and to know like what was really going on in this head at that moment. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I don't, I don't, I generally look forward, but I, I, it is always uh, interesting to kind of like semi-regularly like look back. And yeah. If I want to feel good, I just go watch those videos. <laughs> it is good to know, know you've made progress. It's yeah. like happens so slowly sometimes. It, it takes takes jumping back a little while before it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we, we've gotten somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, it's like we're always trying to improve too. So it's an endless... <laughs> It's an endless journey with always something new to to bring mastery to, always something new to learn, and that sort of endless. I like to think of it like a map, right? I don't know if like there's a mall here in San Jose, the Westfield Mall. Mm -hmm. I've been there a few times, and it's so confusing. It's an old mall that they've built another addition to. Um, and it's almost like it feels like an A and an eight put together. So there are wings where like you think you're going to be able to get somewhere, but you end up having to turn around. <laughs> if you're in this eight, you're like, okay, I know it's just right here, but you end up in the same place. You're like, what the hell is going on? And it's a really busy mall too. So whenever I go there, you can't really expect to find a parking space where the store you want to go to is. You just have to someone leaves you, you get a spot wherever it is and you're like oh thank god i didn't have to drive around for an hour but when you get in the first thing you have to go is to the map at least for me but like a map is totally useless unless you know like you are here mm -hmm. so i find like in the process of growing and learning every once in a while it's really useful to just oh wow let me look back and see where i started and how far i've come let me also look forward to see where I want to go next, given that I've improved in these ways. And do I still want to do, is it still fun? Do I still enjoy this? Do I want to go a different direction? Do I want to add something new? Being able to just place myself has been, is really helpful. Well, a, a weird addition to my life uh, about five years ago, uh, not really an addition because I've been doing it my whole life, but I, I started practicing the bass regularly again. Yeah. And I, I had kind of resigned myself to like just kind of like being a maintenance uh mm -hmm. on my skills bass player and and that, not for any reason it's just kind of what happened i was doing <laughs> all these other jobs and i i moved out here and i still wasn't practicing the bass i i just had gotten out of the habit of practicing the bass and in 2018 for whatever reason, uh, I, I decided like, wait, what are we doing here? I am 40, I was probably like early 40s, and I thought like, I have, I have the time to practice this bass. Like, do I want to or do I not want to? And I, 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 I started using this practice app, which is hilarious. That's what got me started, but I didn't oh, want wow. to break my streak. And I just yeah. started, not much, just a little bit. Yeah. 20 minutes, whatever. And it's funny how that decision just sort of magically coincided with the San Francisco Symphony calling me more frequently. Oh, that's uh, funny. Like, like they, yeah. I had been on the list. I had been getting calls, but all it's like 
as soon as I started to decide I am a bass player and I'm going to improve on my craft, I, uh, yeah, that's kind of in the air. And, and you don't, well, you know, talk about it. something you don't notice is like your incremental improvement on a musical instrument. But my, you know, my wife, like six months ago, I was working on something. And she says, I don't want to make you self-conscious, but like, you sound good. And it's, and, and I, and I realized like for the first time in years, I has, I've, I, I, playing these bass recitals at various places. I'm learning new repertoire. I'm, when the symphony calls, I really take it seriously and I do my homework and I listen and I practice. And <clears throat> I don't necessarily practice that much, but I do it regularly. And it's, it's cool what over, you know, these, these yeah. long-term incremental goals. I have, I wear many hats and double bass practicing is almost never priority number one. It's maybe in the top three for a day, maybe in the top five depending on the day but it happens it's a mm -hmm. regular thing and it's it's just kind of cool what um and like we've been talking about earlier when i'm practicing the bass i'm all in but it's not necessarily for that long i'm, I'm i get in and i get out and um but but even with that mindset and not spending three hours a day five hours a day whatever um i can feel that i've gotten better and yeah. it's kind of cool to and that bleeds over into everything else because if you can get better at something that's like kind of measurable like physical fitness lifting more i'm also doing the same thing at the gym i'm li yeah. i'm not lifting that much but it's more than i was mm -hmm. 16 months ago yeah and um yeah it's kind of cool to make gains that are that that are you know something quite measurable like my right. tempo for an excerpt or or yeah. the amount of weight i'm lifting and you now you make gains like you make some gains you're probably going to make some other gains and the rest of the things you're going to do that day yeah that's cool. There are two things that I find really awesome about that. It's like the, uh, the, just the decision to be all in and like, I I'm going to do this and how that has opened up a lot of different doors for you, whether that's like the San Francisco symphony calling you and you decided, no, I am a bass player. I'm going to do what bass players do. They practice or it's like this other stuff of like just being all in on your business and taking the steps and opportunities opening up there. I think that's really amazing. What, being all in and being consistent about that stuff does. The other thing I think is really incredible, you mentioned it with just uh, going to the gym, is how you set, if you're trying to get into something, how you set a very, very low barrier for yourself. It's almost like non-existent. It's almost like this is as easy to do as not do. So if it's, if it's that easy, why don't I just go ahead and do it? It sounds like that's the way you approach going to the gym it's like i'm just gonna go to the gym to get coffee that's the only place i can get coffee it's like okay let's do that and then setting yourself like i don't have to practice two hours every day but i'm gonna touch my base at least and how that makes it easy to to build consistency and then you layer on top of that that's i that's pretty cool it's like most people i think want to like sort of like the news resolution trap of like oh okay this is my year getting fit Great. I'm going to start this new gym program, work out for two hours a day. I'm also going to make sure I get rid of all the junk food that I ever like. And it's really like a recipe for disaster where this other way around of doing it, it's like starting with the very smallest thing and then layering on top of that as it becomes more internalized. How did you start? Like that seems to work really well for you. How did you start? Like, how did that even become a thing for you? 
Yeah, I think I've kind of been like that uh, a little bit anyway, although I've definitely, when I was younger, I was like, all right, I'm all in on running. And I remember making that decision in January in Chicago and going for a run, and it was oh, like zero degrees. Below. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I felt worse, and it was icy, so I felt way yeah. worse after the run than, than I did. Um, certainly, James Clear, Atomic Habits, ah, great, great yeah. book, like that, that, you know, what uh, the, the one of the main themes of that book is um, – don't try to, you know, I think he brings up, don't try to floss all your teeth, just floss one tooth, you know, uh, just building cool. like a, a yeah. really hilariously easy <laughs> habit. Um, I'm thinking about that with, with the gym still, even though I've been going over a year now, I'm like really trying to take a long-term view and be like, and not, not go too crazy. And, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm doing progressively more, but I'm, I'm just like ramping it up slowly because I want it to be a habit that I have for a long time. I don't want, yeah. and it was, it was so fun the beginning of January this year, because this is the first really like, okay, we're essentially done, not in a pandemic anymore. We're, you know, and like, and like, that was my first time of experiencing the January rush. Of oh, yeah, and like, yeah. Everybody who's had experience of the gym, right. like, here they come. And oh my goodness, in January, I've never seen that place so hopping. It was like, crazy and it's also hilarious now we're chatting in mid-february how that percentage of people it's it's maybe a bit busier than it was in december but it's gone way down from that january yeah. high so yeah just like setting something that is achievable it, 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 that's that's um that atomic habits really uh because i don't remember when that book came out but i think it was before i got back into practicing or maybe it was right around the same time and it was certainly before i started going to the gym so i i had that in mind as mm. i started doing those things and i just kind of like knowing myself i I've, I've had fits and starts at many gyms uh probably like a lot of people i was the evanson athletic club back in chicago and i would go and then not gonna oh yeah i'm paying yeah. this membership so i just yeah if, if i'm if i'm in this is something I've thought about maybe the last 10 years or so. It was like, if I'm in, I want to be all in or I'm out. And I've thought about that with projects. I've been on uh, various nonprofit boards. I had one recently and I was like, all right, uh, am I in or I'm out? And I decided I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so just trying to, trying to uh, be in on less things, but be yeah. really in on what I want to be in on. Yeah. I call that uh, living a hell yes life. It's either yes. a hell yes or a hell no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a. Is that the Derek Sivers book? Is it? Yeah, doesn't he have something? Yeah, because yeah. I remember the line that I pulled from some podcast. I haven't read that book, but I've heard him talk about that philosophy and his his. I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure, but his like any project that comes into your life, rate it on a scale of one to ten, but you can't use seven. I think yeah. that's from and and then I realized like, oh my goodness, like how many of my projects in life are like a solid seven? Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's an interesting thing. We we sort of like default to uh, tolerating and, and not something that's really great or something really bad, but we we end up living in this place. It's like it's all right, it's it's fine instead of something that's really lighting us up. I think that's yeah. th th those two things are really cool. Um, wh what advice would you give to anyone who wants to start writing, who wants to start creating content, who wants to start a YouTube channel who wants to just share ideas. Yeah, well, probably kind of the the my practice with base in the gym is like don't make too big a deal. Uh, like just just building the habit is more uh, the the challenge than anything. Nobody 
is paying attention to you in the world, even if you have a whole bunch of stuff. Like I, I, I remember maybe a month ago, I was playing again with the San Francisco Symphony, and I cut myself shaving like kind, oh, of, no. kind of badly, and I had this like <laughs> dagger wound on my face. And I, I did the rest of the week at the symphony. Nobody said one word because nobody's even paying attention to me. And my wife was the only one who noticed and commented, and and it was like four days after I'd done it. So even my wife, you know, so like <laughs> you think everybody's paying attention to what you're doing certainly when you're starting out it, it like like few to none you know maybe your mother uh will will notice you know what you put out <laughs> and share on facebook or whatever so like just building the habit building the practice um i, I there are there's benefit to doing any type of whether you're right there's so many ways to share your message with the world writing photography video uh long-form audio like we're doing right here the thing i like in particular about podcasting and i'm i'm lifting this line from tim ferris but i fully believe it too is it's one of those if you if you create a podcast and and try to like deliver well you will develop a set of skills that will help you in so many other areas of life for one you're gonna it's an incredible networking tool uh you'd be amazed how how many people that might not give you the, the amount of attention, attention that you might get just by saying, I have a podcast. I'd love to have you be on it. Even if you haven't launched it, even if you never launch it. Um, I've talked, I've talked to more than one person who for a podcast and the podcast never came out and I didn't care because it was fun. Yeah. Um, podcasting also uh, is great for developing clearer ways of communicating your ideas. I still say, um, and ah, but I say a lot less of um and ah than I did a thousand podcast episodes ago because I got so sick of editing out my ums and ahs. I know exactly <laughs> what a Jason Heath um looks like in the waveform. Uh, and, and it's, it's a great way for developing clarity of thought, clarity of communication, public speaking skills. Well, what area of life is that not helpful in? So yeah. that's, that's a great one, but also like any sort of craft, whether you want to take better photographs and, uh, get those out in the world or video or you name it. It's just, yeah, like creating some sort of daily, uh, or weekly, regular, recurring uh, creation practice, uh, and you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, ma making as not big a deal out of it as possible is probably a good way to go. Don't worry about your branding. Don't worry about the name. Don't worry about building the business before it's there. Just try something. If you mm -hmm. like it, do more of that, and see where it goes. Yeah, I like that idea of just doubling down on what's working. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, those are all awesome things. <laughs> Very cool. Um, let's see. As we start to wind down, just a couple of other questions, unless there's anything you want to want to talk about. No, I love this. I love yeah. where we've gone. This is cool. great. Yeah. One of the thing, one of the questions I love to ask is also, um, well, it's, it's sort of multi part. There's a few different parts to it, but what have you learned about yourself in the past, let's say, year? Second part of it is, what gives you trouble now that you want to are, are trying to figure out? Sure. Uh, last year, I think I've got a. I think I've got one immediately to mind. I've learned that I love to get out and travel, but not all the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was so stir crazy in 2020 <laughs> to 2021. And then when the opportunities and I had built this momentum that was really lovely, I, I thought of, of, you know, events. And I, 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 if I look at my talk about going back in our calendar, if I look at 2019, it's kind of fun to like think back, oh yeah, I was in Australia. Oh, I was over here, over here. And I was so excited to get back on the road. And I just said yes to far too much. And I was so sick of not being home. And, and my wife was sick of me not being home. So like, like there's an amount that's fun and there's a, and, and yeah, that, that's something I've, definitely learned in the last year and then what gives me trouble plenty of things give me trouble uh absorbing this is a weird one but <laughs> one that um you know you're the average of the five people you spend the most time mm -hmm. around and and spending the so spending so much of my life like longing for a symphony job and then do and again what what's the way to make a musician complain give him a gig that's the that's the line right but it's spending the quantity of time i have like subbing in a professional orchestra it's a, it's such a great experience and like it's definitely helped my my musicality and my playing and i love it but you're also you're a i'm a guest and not a member and mm -hmm. that and, and people who aren't in the I haven't gone down the professional symphonic music path, which is probably most people listening to this, but uh, you, you might not realize that vast chasm between what it takes to like play well, hopefully I'm doing a good job in, in a group like that and to actually go through the Olympian process of getting a job. So like, and then being around all the, the other people that are subbing, there's this like, like hungry vibe uh, and, and, so remembering that I have this path that is not that, and mm. that's cool. It's it's a tricky thing to remember. It's sort of like absorbing the energy of the work environment, and they're going through a, I, I can say it, because we're going to do something showing solidarity at the concert tonight. They're going through a, a, a rough negotiation. Contract. And, uh, and man. Are, yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, we're yeah. passing out leaflets tonight, so oh. don't have to keep it. But so like that energy of like, are we going to yeah. go, you know, what's going to happen? That's a, that's a really tough place for people to be in. And even yeah. though that, like, I love being there, I am a, a guest, not a member, but you can't help but absorb what's around you. So, yeah. so like carrying home stress that you know i empathize certainly but it's sure. like not really mine it's, yeah. it's just sort of a funny thing and it brings so much to my life and i love it but like and that's true wherever you're at i have a similar thing with my uh product manager job with eastman music company like like just making sure that i you can't help we're just human that happens so like like bringing home uh you know uh, that energy that's, yeah. that's around you. And that, and, and there can be very good energy too. And there are, there is good energy at both of these places, but just trying to, uh, it, it can be, uh, like, like taking on the baggage of, of things that aren't really your responsibility. That's sort of, that might be a strange thing, but it's something I've thought about a lot the last couple of years. So I guess that's yeah. what I'm struggling with. If that makes sense. Totally get it. It's that, that half-life of, uh, I mean, I don't know the situation at the San Francisco Symphony or what the working environment like is like, but but <laughs> being on stage in a symphony orchestra is not always the easiest place to be. I mean, there's tons of egos, very strong minds about how things should go from all different directions. And while you're just trying to have a good time playing some awesome music, 
And yeah, I, I get how that can be sticky sometimes. And it can really, uh, if, if you're not sort of paying attention to the whole picture, because that's one part of the story. There are a lot of other stories going on too, but that can be so loud and so um, hard to combat sometimes. It can be sticky and just uh, figuring out how the half-life of that can be shorter. Uh, I think that's a place a lot of people have trouble with. So I don't think you're alone in that. Oh, for sure. And I remember yeah. that like like when I was full-time employed at various yeah. places, you sort of like it be, it's so much more of your world. It's your yeah. it's your salary, it's your it's so much of your your uh your life and you're tied up in it. And and I, I like sort of I I'm aware that I, I made the choice to like do my own thing and I have this path and of course I love to be around other people but like um, whether it was with the this nonprofit, the base society that I was working with, you know, you absorb that. Uh, it's it you know it's it's great. And I love to be a part of projects and teams and like jump in. But I I'm I'm I I'm glad that I've I've got this sort of path that I've carved out for myself, yeah. and I, it's fun to to hop in. But I just try I try to remember um, my true north. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Important stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, because like what you're saying, it's like you just you're just trying to have the most fun you can have, and that that's your north star, and always remembering to orient to that. So you can be that that all in to the things you want to be all in. And yeah, it's cool. Last question: What do you take for granted that you could be grateful for? Oh, my my relationship with my wife. It's so easy to take it for granted. Uh, and uh, I, I, I am sorry, Courtney, this might sound bad. I, uh, I, 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 I don't take her for granted, but like, and I am grateful, but I think it's really easy to, you don't know how beautiful like the stable things in your life are until they go, they go unstable. And so I, that's, that's something I, it has been, it's hilarious how quickly I've acclimated to living on the West Coast and how I take for granted things I would have dreamed about back in Chicago. Like when <laughs> I first moved to California, I remember looking at a palm tree and thinking, I can't believe I live where this these beautiful plants grow and not ah, stupid palm trees. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm complaining about the weather. I'm, I, you know, and so like, like just taking for granted, like what makes this place special that I like. They, I, I, I definitely, I noticed upon arrival here how my overall mood improved living in somewhere where living somewhere it's generally nice all the time. Yeah, and that's something if you live in on the East Coast or in the Midwest or wherever you, your your truly nice days are a limited resource. And and the beauty of places like that is you don't take them for granted. So a, a sunny summer day in Chicago is the best because everybody's out. So I definitely just the the um general life that i have at least of li living here and then also i i just feel lucky that i've i am in a position where i have the flexibility to do a little bit more what i want to do um and that's something i think i can take for granted and i get get all tied up in you know some like little thing i'm working on and i realize like wow this is pretty cool i think back to that day i told you about when i played hooky from school and worked on my yeah. own stuff and how amazing that is and <laughs> how easy it is it really is cool to um to steer your own ship uh a lot more than i did you know in past phases of life yeah that's awesome thanks so much jason i, I really like appreciate you for being here i think there's so much 
to learn from here. I, I love this way that you approach things and uh, choose to be all in or not and how that's opened up so many different opportunities for you and just uh, your your way of learning and and everything. So how can people follow you? Yeah, there, there. I at some point I have this hilariously outdated personal site, which I it's on <laughs> the list to do. But so probably the best thing is just doublebasehq.com, and you'll think, I don't want to follow some double base site, and you you might not, but you'll be able to find uh, Instagram from there, everything we do, and and just sort of check out, especially what 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 we've been talking about in terms of video, the projects, all that kind of thing, and uh, and an example of good web design. I did not design yeah. that; we hired a company, <laughs> but I think they did a marvelous job and feels very contemporary. So yeah, doublebasehq.com. Yeah, I would even suggest going there just to see the volume of what. Jason has created in the past decade, 15 years, whatever it is, just to even uh, you go through and you'll you'll get a he's highlighted some articles, highlighted some videos, all that stuff. And, and it's all sort of there for you to see uh, the the amount of things he's created. And that's the, not even all of it, but just what he's been able to create by being dedicated, showing up consistently and being all in. So go check that out. Yeah. Anything else before we part, Jason? I just want to thank you. Thank yeah, you for, for launching this. I was, yeah. I was I was so happy to hear that. Having you as a guest, honored and thrilled. I've been looking forward to this. And you you do such a great job. Uh, I've I've I I've listened to most, if not all, of the episodes you've put out so far. Um and yeah, it's really fun to to follow along with you and uh can't wait for the can't wait for future episodes. Thanks for yeah. uh thanks for doing what you do. You've been a great friend over the years. We've gone back, it's yeah, over 20 years at this point. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. crazy. And yeah, yeah. yeah that was right? 2001 or yeah, yeah. Yeah, Amazing. so it's just been fun to connect with you uh at different phases of life over the years and uh yeah, keep keep up the keep up what you do. It's beautiful. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Once again, thank you for listening. I hope you've learned lots. Please support the podcast by leaving a review on iTunes or by sending me a message about what you've learned or any suggestions you have for the podcast. Also, please consider being part of my community by joining my email list, which you can find links to in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. In closing, I leave you with more of Jason's playing and with some words from the author, Robert Persig. You look at where you are going and where you are, and it never makes sense. But then you look back at where you've been, and a pattern seems to emerge. <laughs>